to first of all thank and commend uh, Pastor Eric for his word last week on experiencing God in worship, and uh, I hope you got as much out of it as I did, and um, sorry you missed the second service because he was, it was a whole different word. <laughs> he, yeah, it was really good. Both of them were excellent. But with that being said, uh, I also felt it was a good place to transition onto the next Vineyard Core value, which is reconciling community. And I have, as the Vineyard USA website has done, added the subtitle, Being Peacemakers, Reconciling Community of Peacemakers. Uh, great first question here would be, why? Why reconciling community? Why is that so important that the Vineyard considers it a core value, not just a value, but a core value? Well, let's uh, let the website statement and then a short video clip from Phil Stroud answer the question. According to the statement, the reason is because Jesus is reconciling humans to God, to each other, and to the entire creation breaking down divisions between Jew and Gentile, slave and free, male and female. Therefore, because of that, that's the reason right there, because Jesus is doing that. Therefore, we are committed to becoming healing communities engaged in the work of reconciliation wherever sin and evil hold sway. We seek to be diverse communities of hope, that realize the power of the cross to reconcile what has been separated by sin. This requires us to move beyond our personal biases to engage those who are perceived to be unlike us and to actively break down barriers of race, culture, gender, social class, and ethnicity. And you uh, pop up that video? So these are very broad stroke statements that encapsulate, for the sake of brevity, a very far-reaching and intensely important call to action. We do live in a broken world, and it seems that as of late, there's been added to that brokenness a dividing line of opposition to any attempt to legitimately fix the condition. It used to be uh, that we knew what was right and what was wrong, what was broken, and what was in need of attention. But these days, what was once wrong is now considered right by reason of the individual choice to be broken. And any attempt to repair the condition automatically and quickly labels you with any number of derogatory labels that prove you are now the cause and instigator of wrongdoing. Intolerant, politically incorrect, a bigot, fundamentalists, racists, and these tend to push us to one extreme or another as a response. We both acquiesce and become extremely liberal in our theology and praxis, or we go to the other extreme of rigid judgmentalism, condemning anything or anyone who does not agree with us. Both of these extremes are wrong and dangerous to our spiritual well-being. As the prophet Isaiah warned in his day in Isaiah 5.20, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Is that our day? Mm -hmm. 
But here's the flip side of it. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. You see, I see that as the response. When they start flipping our ideals and our morality over, our response is suddenly we start getting bitter. We start responding in anger. You see, there's two sides to this coin. There's the action and there's the response to the action. We have to be careful. We walk circumspectly in this arena. You see, the truth of the matter is that things have been broken for a long time. From a biblical viewpoint, they have been broken since Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve chose to obey that same questioning voice that challenges us today. Did God really say, oh, come on, man, you will not surely die. You can do that. You can become that. You can choose that. So God is not surprised and not caught off guard by the conditions of the world or even by the varied responses of the church. But he does provide the ways and means to navigate these times in such a way as to preserve our status and impact as salt and light in the world. 2 Corinthians 5.17 states this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, what an all-encompassing answer. What a profound solution. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Did you hear that? God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And we do it all the time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> do you guys want to move <laughs> to, the, to the middle In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. This ministry of reconciliation has the potential of repairing all of the areas broken by sin and the fall from grace of Adam and Eve in the garden. Because of this fall, humanity was alienated from four major relational connections that maintained the quality of the abundant life lived in the garden of God. Now remember, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and life more abundant. His goal is to restore us back to garden life. 
reconciled relationship with the Father. First, we were alienated from God himself. We lost what Eric spoke of last week, intimate fellowship with the manifest presence of God. Have you ever tried to wrap your noodle around that scene in the garden? You know, the heat of the day passes, and there's a beautiful sunset going on, and Adam's just hanging out, you know, maybe eating some nice fruit, and all of a sudden, he's here. Dad's here. Dad's home, right? God comes strolling up the path. Adam, where are you, buddy? Come on, let's take a stroll together. Wow. Huh? That'd be nice. Secondly, we were alienated from ourselves. We have lost touch with our innocence. Our identity as image bearers, carriers of the divine seed, and our spiritual power and prowess diminished as we fed our fleshly needs and appetites. Thirdly, we were alienated from others. Jealousy, envy, hatred, strife, the need to dominate, to subjugate others in order to feel powerful, to be the top dog, the winner, the best, the smartest, the fastest, the prettiest, the sexiest, etc., etc., etc. And finally, we were alienated from creation. Pollution, pesticides, genetic manipulation, and hybrid farming, deforestation, overfishing, overhunting, depletion of resources, even abortion, and maybe especially abortion, shows the level of disdain that humans can have even for the creation of our own species. All of these barely scratch the surface of the consequence of the root cause of all of our ministry. Misery. Man chose and continues to choose self over God. And now aren't you so very grateful that God has offered you and you have found both a hope and a solution to this cosmic alienization? Colossians 1.19 For in him, in him, that is Jesus, All the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him, Lord Jesus, to reconcile to himself, Redeemer Jesus, all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. And you, all of us, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he, our Savior Jesus, has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him who is now King Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Isn't he worthy of praise? Can you give him a word of praise right now? Could somebody shout out how good our God is? Could I hear from somebody that Jesus is worthy for all that he has done? That he is now king of? He is now Lord of? He is above all things. He is the beginning. He is the the alpha and the? 
He is King of kings, Lord of lords, and he is our Savior. He's our God, and he's worthy of being praised today. Give him a shout. Somebody give him a shout, because this is King Jesus. He's the Savior of our souls today, and he's worthy. And this is why we value what we value, because if he didn't do what he did, we'd never be able to do what we do on Sunday morning. Give praise to the one who is worthy. And I am about to bust out of my seams. <laughs> yeah. You know he's worthy of all that, right? Listen to what Revelation says. They sang a new song. This is what they said. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals. For you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom and a priest to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and in the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, say this with me, be blessing and honor and glory and might forever and ever. Amen. Amen and amen. He is worthy. Yeah. <laughs> Don't get me going. <laughs> you see, here is where the values we hold begin to work together in our inner beings to facilitate the benefits, the benefits and the impacts of those values. As we acknowledge the work and power and the freedom found in being reconciled, our spirits are stirred to praise and worship, which in turn draws us into more intimate connection with the Father as we experience the presence of Jesus being manifest by the Holy Spirit. So Paul says to the Romans, more than that, more than that. How many want more than that? I want more than that. Every day I want more than that. We also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are not supposed to be a mopey people, bemoaning the world around us. We're supposed to be change facilitators, reconcilers, ambassadors for Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. And we do this, we rejoice, we celebrate, we connect with the reconciling work of Jesus because as Paul mentions in Romans 5.10, that while we were still enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more now that we are reconciled, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. I want to take a few moments to look at this word saved as used in this verse, because we have this West, Western church mindset that of once saved, always saved, or variations thereof. 
We tend to think of salvation as a singular experience. And to this scripture, uh, it may at first glance seem to contradict itself. If we have been reconciled to God, then aren't we saved? Well, yes. Then do we need to be saved? Well, yes. (laughs) You see, our salvation experience, as we call it, is the moment of reconciliation with God. We repent, he forgives. We surrender, he receives us. But that is not the end of the matter. It is, in fact, the start of the process. And that is what is being conveyed here. First off, notice the tense of the statement. Shall we be, shall we be saved? This is a present active tense and can be better conveyed in English by the use of multiple terms. You have been saved, you are being saved, and will continually be saved by his life. This only makes sense by a full understanding of what being saved entails. The word saved in the Greek is sozo, and it means this, safe to save, that is, Deliver or protect, literally or figuratively. To heal, to preserve, to save, to make well, and to make whole. Pretty all-encompassing, isn't it? So put this in a nutshell, and it says this. God has made an eternal commitment to your salvation in every area and aspect of your life And the process is continuous for all of your life and beyond. And that, my friends, is really good news. And beyond that, he wants us and expects us to be actively participatory with him in the process of reconciliation. But our roles in the process is based on his commitment to the sozo process. In other words, as we continue to get saved, as we continue to get whole, as we continue to get made well, as we continue to heal, we are more enabled to reach out to others in the same way. In whatever form you have been ministered to, take that form and minister it out to others. That is the sozo process, the ongoing process of being saved towards reconciliation. Romans 12:18 says this, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably. Be reconciled, be a reconciler with all. Now, I'm not a, a naysayer, but I, I'd venture to say, for the most part, that's impossible. Make it through a whole day, feeling good about everyone you meet, talk to, and interact with. I remember Martha telling me the story when she was a little girl. She wanted to be married to Jesus. And the only way that she knew to do that was to become a nun. And so nuns are selfless. And so she made a little 
oath in her heart that she was going to become selfless, right? For two weeks she had become selfless so she could find out she could be a nun. Yes, she is. <laughs> no habit. <laughs> oh, she got habits, but no habit. <laughs> So far as it depends on you, you see, this is the grace of God that works as sozo in your life. So far as you are along the process of being changed, healed, and made whole, as much as God has been able to invest into you, invest into others. Don't take on the big picture. Don't think that you can do it at every course and at every situation because you'll come up short. But as much as it lies within you, do that. Utilize what God has given you up to this point. And you know what happens? He comes along and he says, oh, you use that talent well. I'm going to give you another. Right? And you move on and you grow and you heal and you become an influencing force. This is such an expression of the heart of the Father toward humanity that it becomes absolutely primary to the whole relational structure between man and God. And Jesus is quite emphatic on this. In Mark chapter 12, verse 29, Jesus answered, the most important thing. Now, if Jesus showed up on the scene and he said to you, I'm going to tell you the most important thing. Would your ears perk up? He just did. Through his word. The word through the word is telling you right now the most important thing. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. There is reconciliation, the first thing that was lost in the garden. Jesus just said, it's been redeemed. It's available through reconciliation. This is the most important thing that you need to know. God the Father in his heart feels good about you all the time. He has been reconciled to you. Have you been reconciled to him? Because he has no animosity toward you. I don't care what condition you are in, what you've been up to or down into. doesn't matter to him. He is reconciled. He loves you. He loves you deeply. He longs for you. He yearns for you. He's pouring out all that he has for you. He has been reconciled to you. Are you reconciled to him? In whatever level. Whatever you were reconciled to yesterday, there's something coming up today that he wants you reconciled. There'll be something next week that he wants you reconciled because he wants you more whole, more well, more healed. You're in the process of being saved. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This is the next two, isn't it? Because when you find him, you find yourself at peace. The Prince of Peace comes and takes up residence in your heart, and for the first time, you will find peace with yourself. 
Anyone remember the day after you accepted Christ as Lord and Savior and all of a sudden you felt good about you? Huh? That was such a real experience for me. You know, I walked around with this label that a police officer put on me uh, when I was locked in a holding cell uh, years and years ago. He looked into the cell and spit at me and he said, you're nothing but an animal in a zoo. And I lived with that as my label for a long time. A long time. And I remember the first time somebody said to me, Dick, you're a man of God. And all that pain and shame washed away. I got to tell you, I was reconciled to me because I was reconciled to him. You're all men and women of God. You're sons and your daughters of the living God, the king. What Christ has done is amazing. Shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is the most important thing. Be reconciled to God. That's what Jesus is saying. In other words, express the outworking of the fruit of your reconciliation to both God and your fellow man. As far as it depends on you, as much as you can, as much as it is possible for you to do what you can do, do that thing. It will bring peace to your life and a peace that surpasses your understanding, a peace that opens up your life to the abundance of life that is the kingdom of God, and that is valuable, worth the investment of your time, devotion, and energy. Today, if you're here and your life is not reconciled to the life of God that is found in Jesus Christ, I beg you, I beg you, I don't care if you prayed a sinner's prayer yesterday. You know in your heart of hearts whether or not you are reconciled to God in any area of your life. I beg you in Christ's stead, get reconciled to God now. It's the most important thing you can do on any given day. God loves you, and Jesus gave his life so that you could pour out his abundant life into you. Won't you receive him today? Begin the sozo process. If you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, as the one who is the door that has been opened to the everlasting Father, know him today. Be reconciled to the Father through him. I want to give you that opportunity. I'm simply going to pray, and I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'm going to ask you at the end of that prayer, if that is your prayer, I want you to come up here, and I want to minister God's grace to you this morning. So, Father, right now we come to you. Our hearts are open. Our spirits are soaring, oh God. We have spent an hour in worship and adoration of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Your Holy Spirit permeates the air in this room, oh God. It is sweet like honey. And, oh God, our hearts yearn uh, to be more and more reconciled to you each day. And so, Father, today I lay at the foot of the cross all those things in my mind right now that I know are not right before your grace. And I ask you, O oh God, to forgive me. 
reconcile this area of my life. Sozo me here in this place. Heal me here in this issue. Bring me on to the next level that I might be more and more, oh God, a witness of the glory of Jesus Christ, that I would be a good ambassador, a good minister of the reconciliation that Christ paid such a high price to gift us with, oh God. Holy Spirit, search our hearts today. 